not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. My name is Sam and with me, as always, channeling his inner chi is my co-host Chris. Hello. Welcome uh, uh, back. I started to do that little like hand on the palm bow and then realised it's an audio podcast. Well, <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said I was cheap powered, I was like... Okay. We have uh we we're constantly teasing video content for the future, but you've got to wait a little bit longer for it, unfortunately. Just a little bit longer. Just a little this bit. This room longer. still is not kitted out. I still haven't painted the ceilings. It's like gonna be a, a constant like yeah, it's coming, but we don't know when. It's just a little tease. Just a little tease. Some would say that also is a similar thing to Mulan, which was always coming but we didn't know when <laughs> earlier on at the beginning <laughs> of this year <laughs> okay okay i'll follow you yes Full yes circle. and yeah. yes and <laughs> yeah uh, the live action adaptation of the disney classic mulan uh i'm quite excited to talk about this because obviously it's been a long time coming we were gonna go see it, it has in been cinemas. a long time coming yeah we were gonna see it in cinemas but unfortunately decided to go ahead and give uh, disney a little bit of extra dollar and uh, watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah, because Disney need the money. Yeah, they really do. Disney, we're still waiting on that. Um, you know that sponsorship, that agreement yeah. that we've been talking yeah. about since we did all the Star Wars movies and gave the Last Jedi a really good review because give, Star Wars give fans us gives us that Disney Plus money. You know what I mean? <laughs> give us our own mini series on Disney Plus. Did I just hear you like make a noise when you said Disney money? <laughs> Yeah, I, I did like the whole make it rain. All right, <laughs> it's so fu- it's so weird because we when we record this podcast, we're still doing it remotely, and we don't even have videos on. We just literally listen to each other's voices when we record this. Yeah, because the one time we did have video on that wasn't through Instagram Live, it really messed up my audio, and we had to restart and resync about twenty times. Yeah, it wasn't worth. I think it, that was, was the it? first Star Wars. Uh, episode with Matt from an airful. Ah, uh, that yeah, yeah, it was, it was. But well, you know what's crazy to think is that we've actually recorded more podcasts remotely like this than what we actually have in person since we started. Oh, that's really weird. Yeah, I was having a little look back, and I'm sure it was like episode fifteen, sixteen that we started recording remotely, and this is episode forty, which is crazy. Hey, that's a that's a landmark. That though, episode forty. Yeah, the big four zero. When we hit know, 52, right? when we hit We're going episode... through a mid-podcast crisis here. <laughs> well, yeah, a, a mid, well... <laughs> Mid-life what, what podcast happened? crisis. You go buy yourself a really expensive microphone or something. And like, <laughs> it just sits there, but you don't use it. You just you just watch it and you're like... We, we almost get tempted to try the podcast with a different co-host and then we're like, no, we've got to stick to our morals. I'm, I'm married to a co-host here. <laughs> absolutely mad though because i can't believe that when when you go back and listen to these episodes you really can't tell that we're recording them separately good you say you could or good sorry i was just waiting for the delay i said good oh (laughs) (laughs) it's seamless honest nobody can tell this isn't zoom chris goodness me we're not using we're not using zoom We're more no, no, we're too. using Discord. Also, Discord, if you want to sponsor us, we'll set up our own Get Real Discord. We actually have a Get Real Discord, but it's just not seen the light of day yet. 
it's because it's not set up. We have a one general chat, and it's only us two in it. We've got to set no parameters to I this Discord. don't really understand Discord. It's fully. literally just for recording. Yeah, I understand <laughs> Discord, but I don't understand Discord at the same time. <laughs> it's a bit like... Um. Uh, it's a bit like Reddit. I kind of understand Reddit, oh. but I don't fully understand Reddit. Reddit intimidates me because I just need to take a deep dive into it, and then I think I'll be okay, but... Yeah. Until then, there's just too much going on, and it's really hard to follow one thread because it just there's like a, a millimeter like line between the end of one thread and a whole new thread. Yeah, that's it. And <laughs> and I'm just know. like, sorry, what? <laughs> I always feel like you're gonna get mocked really easily on Reddit. I don't know why. Yeah, it feels like a really like, although there's a subreddit for literally everything in the world and more. Like, it feels like it's sort of, like, gatekeeped almost. Like, you need to be serious about whatever you go onto a subreddit for. Yeah, and it's like, if you comment on something on Facebook, then everyone's just an absolute keyboard warrior, but, like, <laughs> like offends you. But, like, on Reddit, yeah. I just feel like you almost feel like you offend yourself if you post something on there. It's a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, if anybody's a mega, like, Get Real Podcast super fan, make r slash Get Real Podcast or something for us. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then we will start using Reddit. You know what I've also noticed about podcasts, Chris, that I don't know whether it's something that we should ever do, but it's something that I've heard more and more and more people talking about, but splitting podcasts into seasons. Have you seen this trend of people doing this? Yeah, it's normally... Sometimes if they take like a couple weeks out, then they'll be like, okay, this is the end of a season, we'll start a new season. Or I've seen a lot of people at the beginning of the year will start a new season. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Because it's like, at what point do you decide to to do it? It's like, really, you should record a podcast weekly. Mm-hmm. And with something like this, it's like, do we split seasons into years? Do we hit episode 52 and then say, all right, now we're on to the next season because we don't... Well, it wouldn't be 52, would it? Because we've done some weeks where we've done bonus episodes, some weeks where we've not. You know, exactly. maybe it, we'd it just would be by date, wouldn't it? Or by, okay, January 1st, this is like the beginning of a new season. Maybe then we put a Get Real box set out if people still buy box sets. <laughs> <laughs> with a, Find it in your local HMV. With a, in the bargain bin with like <laughs> Sharpie drawing on the front of it. And then you have CDs with just the episodes on them <laughs> it's right next to an old barry manilow cd and and um what's a really crap tv show glee seasons one to eight <laughs> it'll go it'll go it'll be in the bargain room right next to them both it'll be as it'll be as bloody moving as the bloody update to eastenders having season two just start Can you, have you seen that <laughs> No, I didn't know they were just... Yeah, so... so obviously they've had a long break because of COVID, but they're starting season two. Yeah, Well, but... they recasted everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but how long has EastEnders been around? Um, 50 years? Yeah, it was said there was a thing called Series 2, It's Coming or something like that, and it's like, what? <laughs> That's definitely just clickbait because there's never any articles about EastEnders anymore unless you're reading like a middle-aged woman's gossip magazine this ain't, uh... <laughs> that she doesn't read all of. She buys it to read while she's walking around the shop and she just puts it on the coffee table when she gets yeah, in. Your nan will sometimes pick it up if she comes around and she's bored. <laughs> Anyway, this ain't no bloody soap opera podcast, Chris. This is bloody... The only time a fella reads it is when he's taking a big dump. 
And that's just because you need something for uh, content while you... Yeah, if you forget to take your phone in with you. The phone's dead. You're like, oh... You're in a... You're in a you're this in a... is such a real situation as well. <laughs> oh, we've got... We've been there. We've all been there. Maybe not, maybe not the listeners, but me and you have maybe been there. <laughs> this has been eight and a half minutes of pure chatting shit. Pure preamble is what it is. Anyway, um, we have got news, bits of news. Uh, did you have anything news-wise to kick off with, or do you want me to just kick it off? Uh, you go ahead. I haven't got any news. I've just got one trailer, which you've got down as well. Yeah, cool. Right. So uh, we did talk a little bit about... Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of your favourite <laughs> pop culture video games. <laughs> what? Um, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I just felt like it was relevant because probably a lot of people that are into pop culture films and TV probably into video games as well. Um, the Xbox Series S, Chris, $299, okay. which is about 250 pound over here in the UK. I think that's how much they've announced it for. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, we obviously, we touched a little bit on the next gen console stuff just because me and you are well into our video games. However, we are very much ingrained in the culture. Xbox took the first leap and revealed the pricing. I know you're a PC master race kind of guy anyway, but what do you think of the new Series S announcement? Do you know what? It's very much more affordable than what I thought. Uh, it also strikes me as weird that they've announced the price for this, but not the main console. I thought they did. I didn't think they had. I thought the main console was going to be three nine nine. I can't remember any of this. <laughs> anyway, like two fifty is a lot more realistic. I want to know what the difference is, though, other than just the size, because there must be some sort of difference. Otherwise. <clears throat> why would they release it at the same time because normally the s or the slim version comes out a couple of years down the line once the the motherboards and all the tech are more refined and they can shrink it down so for, for the people that don't want a massive console so to be honest considering um we're quite interested in this anyway and you've asked the question i will let you know what those differences are and oh so there are differences i haven't looked into this enough i've been too busy yep yeah, so there Playing are on my switch. yeah so it's 499 no Wait, hang on. Huh? <laughs> Two seconds. Yeah, four nine nine dollars US for the Series X, and two nine nine dollars US for the Series S. <clears throat> okay. So the main differences between the Series X and the Series S is basically, I think. The Series S is only going to support up to 140p for out of the console. Um, okay. Obviously, it's not got a disk drive, so it is yeah. totally digital. Um, okay. 10 gig of RAM. So that, it's the same as the PlayStation 5 digital only version then? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, just a lot smaller and a lot more compact. Uh, essentially, mm-hmm. it's still got it's the, the CPU is pretty much the same. It's got uh, a four teraflop version versus a twelve point one five teraflop floppy flop floppity flop. You teraflopped that fucking speech anyway. <laughs> uh, internal storage five twelve versus one terabyte. Uh, it's not got a physical media player, obviously, because it's not got a disk drive. 
and it outputs 140p at 60 frames a second versus 4K at 60 frames a second on the Series X. So it seems really like it is more built towards people who don't have a 4K TV and aren't that bothered about things running ridiculously fast. Yeah, it's definitely aiming towards the more casual audience because, like we said, like each generation comes out and it gets more expensive, the games get slightly more expensive, everything like that. So this is definitely aiming to keep a section of the audience, They're trying to keep a more casual audience because the Series X and the PS5, they didn't seem like a casual console. Like It seemed very much like you need to be a hardcore gamer for it to be in any way worth you buying this. Yeah, I mean, what's quite interesting is um, that obviously PlayStation haven't put out their pricing yet. So it's Mm. almost like, I think PlayStation have got an announcement coming up soon, haven't they? Um, Or an Uh, event. Yeah. And And Xbox have still got another event as well this year that they said. Yeah, and it's almost like they've just managed to get that in before, you know, in before everybody else. And to just. Well, I I think they're trying to. Go on. I just kind of set the, you know, set the battleground for PlayStation now to be like, right, your move, PlayStation. See if you can top that, especially with all the stuff with Game Pass and things coming up. I know Game Pass is going to go up in price, but they have just included EA Play as part of that as well. Yeah, um, and I think they're trying to counteract what's happened like the last two generations um, because I know the last two generations... Microsoft have announced the consoles first, but they've always held back information, sort of as they did with this one as well. Mm-hmm. But then Sony have always got ahead of them of saying their release date first and their pricing schedule first as well. Yeah. So I think they're kind of like trying to rectify what they've done because the Xbox One, although it was like a pretty good console and games that have come out of it have been decent it was a massive flop compared to the 360 versus the PlayStation 4. Yeah, it had a real dodgy opening, didn't it? Yeah, well, they just didn't seem to care about it. Like, It's almost like they took a generation off. They bought a load of studios, but they didn't make any exclusive games for it near enough. Yeah, there was well, a couple of Halo games that was it. Well, and all those Halo games are also now available on PC anyway. So Yeah, and we spoke about this with the Star Wars games when obviously they went and bought a load of studios and then... A lot mm-hmm. of it fell through. Um, I have a question that you might know the answer to. What the hell is a teraflop and why is everybody talking about it? <laughs> a teraflop is basically the speed at which something runs, I believe. So it's like a, a gigahertz processor. So it's just the speed of what it can generate and recall information. Okay. So what was the teraflops in a... like? Well, was that for the hard drive? So it's just over 12. It's in the GPU. So it's just over 12 in in the the Series X and 4 in the Series S. So it's for the GPU. So it's how the GPU reads the graphical data and runs the graphical data. Oh, okay. So it should mean faster load times of imaging, less screen tearing, everything like that, because it should be able to keep up. Uh, it, It works hand in hand with the solid state drive. More flops. Yeah, you want more flops. <laughs> you want you want more flops. You want more flops. I mean, as a man, I can tell you, it's <laughs> always great when you get more flops. You know what I mean? You don't want one big flop. You want many small flops. <laughs> it's not about the you size. Want at least, you want at least a couple of good flops. You know what I mean? It's not about the size of your flops. It's how you use them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
Anyway, uh, that's our that's our video game talk for the for the week, isn't it? So, um, does this make you more inclined to get a next gen Xbox because there is a cheaper alternative to it, a cheaper well, smaller alternative? I've heard a lot of people saying that really the Series S is for the people that haven't bought an Xbox One and want to make that return to Xbox because of the Game Pass and just what value that offers, which is insane. It makes a lot of sense as the Series S is just generally a game pass machine because yeah you get you know game pass is amazing you get such good value for money on it from an xbox point of view especially when you have to pay for xbox live gold anyway to be able to get online you may as well pay that extra what two pound uk for what it was to Mm -hmm. get the game pass at the time uh game pass uh whatever the main one was what it is just game pass gold isn't it well, yeah, it's the ultimate, isn't it? Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, Game sorry. Pass Ultimate. Yeah. yeah, with Xbox Live Gold. Yeah, but yeah, it's a, so, it's a no brainer. So I don't yeah, know. I'm probably not as inclined because I'm going to keep my Xbox One anyway. Because a lot of the games that will come out for Xbox for say the first year will be supported on the Xbox One anyway. Yeah. Until they go just Xbox Series X. What what would it be? Would it be a Series X games or would it be series just series games? <laughs> series X games. I think they'll run into some like licensing issues with that with the actual X games. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna have you gotta have Series X and it, Series it'll... S. So you're gonna I don't know, maybe they'll just call it Xbox games. Xbox. <laughs> just, just an Xbox. Yeah, just Xbox games. But not Xbox One after a year. Xbox series games. Um, but no, we've been chatting anyway, and I'm think I'm more more towards going and getting a new PC at some yeah. point. I think it's definitely made it a bit more enticing to adopt earlier than I was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll probably still lean towards a PlayStation Five and a PC at the moment. Yeah, I mean the exclusives on PlayStation are just much better. Yeah, and if you can play all your Microsoft Xbox exclusives on a PC anyway. Then, what's like the you point? said, it is it is geared towards those people who uh, they sort of took a generation out because the 360 was such a big commercial success. Like I didn't know anyone that didn't have an Xbox. Like uh, I think my girlfriend, like she's not a massive gamer. She even had an Xbox 360 and stuff like that. Everybody had one. It was around for so long, and they had so many different iterations of it with like cheaper bundles, like ones with. With small hard drives, one with no hard drives, blah 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 blah. Yeah, it just yeah. made it accessible to everyone, and like the library of games was so much bigger than the Xbox One was. And the so the, I think they are definitely yeah. trying to get that casual audience back with this cheaper price point. Get that with Game Pass, and then if you just want to dive into it, like every every other month or something like that, you've got a shit ton of games. Then you've mm-hmm. only paid what an extra seven quid, ten quid. In the meantime, and you got like five new games since the last time that you logged onto it. Yeah, makes sense. Get real gaming. What do you think? I mean, if people like it, let us know, and we will do it. <laughs> We've been talking about it for way too long. <laughs> we should just start, just start streaming. That's what we need to do. I mean, I mean, I I'm sat at my brand new desk, which I have set up. With all my PC and everything, Ooh. new microphone placement and everything, ready to stream again. Ooh, you took a bit of a break while you were moving house, didn't you? Yeah, I'm getting more to a point where I could probably find some more free time to do it. And now that I've got a Switch, I've got such good games to play. Yeah. want to stream Pokemon, get that shiny hunt going, new Mario games coming out. Oh, 
exciting times. Twitch.tv forward slash Chris Captures. Let us know if you want to do something together on a Get Real channel. Let us know. Let us know. Anyway, back to film and TV. Um, the Walking Dead will end, the original Walking Dead, not any of the spin-offs, will end with season 11. Can so you... end, end. Yeah, like proper finish. <laughs> like it's 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 finishing. It's going to finish. What season are we on now? Nine? Um. Well, I mean... Probably... I think I took two seasons out. No, you're on... Well, season 10 is currently... Wait a second. Isn't season 10 about to start? Um, is there a mid-season? Uh, yeah, but it normally starts around September, October time. It normally starts around the Halloween period. Yeah, so I think... It's a, it's a winter run that it has. Yeah, well, it says here the the last episode to come out was the 5th of April. Yeah, so and that would have been the end of season nine, would it? No, that was season ten, episode fifteen, and then the oh, one coming out shit. on the fourth of October is season ten, episode sixteen. Oh, maybe because of all the COVID stuff, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's just been a real delay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what it, well, that's what's happened. Because I think don't they normally have twenty four? episodes in a season uh, no. tw- uh, 21 to 24 episodes um, i think it is no they've actually been fairly consistent with 16 episodes a season oh so this one's starting again at episode no yeah 16. so so basically what i think's happened is at episode 16 there's just a finale that they've had to uh delay right so... it's because normally normally the shooting like three episodes ahead of where they're up to yeah. So obviously when all the COVID stuff broke out, they probably had to halt production, which meant they weren't able to film most of the season finale. Yeah. It's crazy looking at the fake like the viewers, uh US viewers in the millions for <laughs> yeah. for um, You mean the drop in the US viewers. Yeah, so at like season three, season four, season five, season six, you're all talking way over ten ten million views. Ten million viewers, mm-hmm. easy. Um, with the first episodes of those seasons hitting like 17 million. And then in season eight, it just drops. And then season nine, it drops. And then, yeah, season 10, it's like gone to like 3 million. Season seven was the introduction of Negan, wasn't it? Yeah, so that was at like... Or the end of season six, was it? That would have been And I think Negan's first episode was the highest viewership that they had since... It originally started. Yeah, to be fair, it's only slightly worse than the viewership that season one and two had. Yeah. It's only like slightly... Well, I mean, the numbers aren't slightly worse, but, you know. Anyway, uh, do you still watch The Walking Dead? Let us know. I ca- it's kind of one of those series that I wouldn't mind just like putting on in the background whilst I'm doing something and just Yeah, I kind of want to catch up because they're onto the Whisper of War and stuff like that, which is a really cool arc in the comic books. But... Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I just ran my course with it. Like after the first main conflict with Negan and stuff like that, I was just kind of like, I'm done. And they sort of spoil everything that was happening in the next season before it came out. So I was like, I don't really need to watch it. And I know what they're gonna do. I'm not a massive fan of what they're gonna do. I was like, I'm kind of a bit bored of this. I've seen that many seasons of it now. Yeah. Also, I think you might be right. I think they are doing 22 episodes this season. 
think yeah, I'm just so seeing a slightly longer else. season, and then they'll do it season eleven. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether it's worth going back to and watching or not. Or you know, the first few seasons were just so good. They were just so gripping. Yeah, um, I think I, th- I think season one and two were great. Then I sort of the governor storyline was good, but he had some like proper filler in it as well. Mm. And then it got a bit weird after that. I can't remember what the next thing was after that. Yeah, and then you had the whole terminal arc. Maybe that was straight after terminus, wasn't it? I have Which no took idea. way too long. They split the entire group up. And you're kind of a bit like, oh, oh Terminus with the trough and the... Yeah. yeah, but that's when it got good again was when everybody got reunited in, in that container and you get the Rick with, they don't know who they're fucking with. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> like pretty The good. whole We Are The Walking Dead speech and all that. It was like, oh, okay, cool. And then Terminus was cool. And then like building up to Negan was really cool. And then... Yeah, the actual... Do you remember, do you remember when Negan. that episode came out? like that was everything the internet was talking about and that shit slapped and then i i don't know i think after that peak i've just i've been like it's not going to be as good as that so i've just kind of not been as interested in watching it yeah you know what i might put it on while i'm painting or something i might just i was literally about to say having it on in the background or something especially while i'm still working from home i might just like slap it on in the background yeah and just let it blitz through while we're waiting for episodes of the boys and stuff to come out and yeah, I'd much rather watch the boys every time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. it's just something new, isn't it? Like, I've I've never checked out the other Walking Dead spinoffs because there was enough with that show. That show's gone on long enough that I don't need a million spinoffs of it. Like, yeah, definitely. The zombie genre is something that I can only take so much of. I think it only needs so much. It's like you know, you, you, the tropes are the same, and yeah, the Walking Dead did some interesting stuff. But the tropes are pretty much the same. I just remember all these like iconic scenes from episode one. You know, Rick in the tank, and yeah, you know the the Shane arc and the barn, and oh, just so good. Yeah, it was like, but that was when it was still fresh and interesting, though. Like before it burnt itself out, and I think because we had the comic book running for so long, and the, all the games coming out, and all the spin-offs, like. I think they really just oversaturated the market with The Walking Dead. Yeah. And that's it's... what kind of like... Like, it was really interesting. Like you say, you remember all these arcs and stuff like that. And it was it was a character drama that was, like, coated with this zombie, like, flavouring. Mm. Whereas then it just became just there, like... It's like when you eat the same meal too many times in a row. Like, it could be your favourite meal. Like... I remember when Subway first became a thing over here, right? My nan and granddad was taking me to Subway all the time because they were like, it's this amazing new thing. You can get hot sandwiches however you want. Everything's fully customizable. Look at it. Isn't it amazing? And then after like two months straight of like twice a week, my nan and granddad taking me to Subway, I was like, I don't want Subway for another 10 years or something now. So you're saying The Walking <laughs> Dead is the equivalent of Subway? Yes. Okay. Right, I've next only story. just started eating <laughs> Subway again, so... Oh, I've not had a Subway in so long, man. I've I've always, like, I don't know. I think I just started to hear that it was so full of shit. And I was yeah. like, I think it really... It's all in the sauces. Up. It's all in the sauces, which they fucking cake on. And you're like, yeah. whoa. I was like, no... No, 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 no more. So if you want a Get Real Subway podcast, let us know. <laughs> Subway, if you want to sponsor us. I'm trying to be a lot better 
than like I'm trying not to eat out and I'm trying to just just trying to really look after Sorry, it. sorry, are you telling me you're not eating out to help out? Uh, no. <laughs> Get your tinfoil hat on, Chris. The eat out to help out is the best, best herd immunity scheme you've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving all the memes that are coming out. So if you don't know, in the UK, like it looks like we're going back into like a second lockdown, and like all the fucking memes that are coming out just said like Boris Johnson literally just like took you out, took you shopping, let you have a meal, everything like this, and then he basically, like, once he got what he wanted from you, he started ghosting you, and he doesn't want to hear from you again. <laughs> and we're not, you know, this is a this is a, this is is a a safe place, this podcast, and we don't want to talk politics, but just, for fuck's sake, the UK. It's like, <laughs> you blame the young people when you've opened up schools and encouraged them to go and eat out it's just ridiculous. Yeah, literally, it's like, oh, like, we didn't do what uh, the right thing in the first place, so now we're trying to course correct to try and save our fucking economy, and it's like, right, okay, everybody go out eating, everybody go out shopping, every business spend fucking shit tons on making everything COVID safe, so that everybody floods there, but then we'll kick off at the fact that everybody's flooding there, even though that's what we're telling you to do, we're telling you to eat out to help out, but if you go out and eat out, you're a fucking sinner, and you're killing your grandma or something like that with COVID, and then it's yeah, like you said, just like you complaining at us for doing the things that the government's pushing us to do. It's like, do you want to save the economy or do you want to keep people safe or what's the thing here? You can't blame us for doing what we're being told to do. No, literally. Literally. Anyway. And now they want to close everything down again and everyone's spent millions at... Mm, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back up to, as of recording this, Um, so what, Thursday the 10th? It's yeah. we're up to like two thousand cases a day now. When we managed to get it down to like a hundred, so yeah. it's almost as bad now in some places as what it was when it first happened. I know Spain th- and France, it's really bad. The thing is, though, as well though, like the UK and America have dealt with this really fucking shitly, and like just look at like the UK is so small compared to every other country, and then look at our cases. And the government want to tell us we're to blame when they're the ones that just didn't take it seriously until it was killing everyone. And then it's like, oh shit, course correct. Oh, it... I know. And then it's the whole <sighs> thing of like, deaths are down. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's still really shitty because you don't want to catch it and give it to someone who's going to be weak to it. And Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're just able to treat it now, but it shouldn't mean that you don't take the precautions. You know what? Just just wear a fucking mask. Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's move on before we move into a bit of a political <laughs> rant. Um, so there's, there's two more... Get real politics um, starting next week. <laughs> so there's two more little stories that we'll blitz through uh, before we talk about the trailer and then move on to Mulan. Um, the first one is, unfortunately, we lost uh, Diana Rigg, who you will know as Olena Tyrell in Game of Thrones. Who's, oh, um, what? Yeah, Marjorie. Is it Marjorie? Marjorie uh, Tyrell? Marjorie Tyrell is um, um, the, the young one. What's... I can't. I think, can't think of... Natalie Dormer. Natalie ah, Dormer a, was Marjorie it's her, Tyrell. It's her mum in the series, if you yeah. can't put a face to the name. I thought you were just getting the characters' names mixed up, but yeah. No, yeah. yeah. That's a shame. I didn't even know that yeah. three hours ago. Yeah, she was also in uh, uh, 
Her Majesty's Secret Service and Secret Agent Emma Peel in TV's The Avengers. I read that as just The Avengers and I thought, wait a second. <laughs> but no, uh, the TV show, The Avengers. But uh, yeah. she passed away at 82. It's sad. I mean, it it is sad, but at least she made it to a good age. You know what I mean? Like, Not like the other heartbreaking news about people lately, at least... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, eighty-two years of good uh, running, especially mm. for a British person. I feel like British people have a much lower life expectancy than Hollywood people. Yeah, <laughs> is that weird. just is that just me that seems to think that? And if it wasn't for her character in Game of Thrones, uh, Joffrey would still be cracking his voice all over King's Landing. <laughs> she was amazing in that, though. Like, yeah. she just dominated every Manipulative, scene. Manipulative. Like, I want them to know it was me. Uh, very good. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, we're going to blitz through the rest of these stories because I'm conscious of time, but uh, I've just realised there was a few more extra little bits than... What I actually thought, so uh, I'll leave the big one to last. The next story I've got is that we've got some more photos of The Mandalorian uh, Season oh, yes. 2. Uh, they look like photos from Season 1. There's nothing. There's just outfit changes, really. Yeah, it's just set photos, isn't it? It's like the, the press set photos. So Yep, uh, Mando's looking all chromey and, and cool. Yeah, he's and, definitely uh, buffed his armor a bit, hasn't he? Brief Karg has changed, his, uh, changed into his outerwear, his formal wear. <laughs> It did get it. me excited, though. Seeing these images, I was like, oh, it's nearly here. Oh, it's only around it's nearly the corner. Here. It's only around the corner. And Disney keep confirming nor denying the uh, character rumours as well. I like how they've kept really, really quiet on that, considering we're yeah. meant to be getting Boba Fett and Ahsoka Tano in here. Just awesome. Mm, I awesome. keep forgetting about the Mandalorian and everything that's oh, going to be really cool well. in it. Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan, yeah, yeah, very good. I like how they. Uh, just... I keep forgetting about all this stuff until it uh, until they like you tell me, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, oh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and you know what? Just just keep it just keep it quiet until the episode comes out. That's literally yeah. going to be perfect. If we've not, nothing annoys me more than spoiler culture in like modern pop culture. I know, I know, we're part of the problem now. <laughs> <laughs> but especially when... we like to speculate on rumors, not just being like this is exactly everything that's going to happen. And it's hard though, especially when we're in the UK and we have to like wait for things to come out, and it's like ah, avoid it all until we can watch it. Uh, but Disney Plus yeah. is out, and we don't have to do that anymore. Yay! Hopefully, yay! Oh, I know. Imagine. Remember last year when we had to wait. <laughs> we had to wait to watch The Mandalorian, and everything was spoiled online before we got a chance to watch it. Do you oh, remember that? That was like early. Was that early this year or the end of last year? We finally got it. I think it was beginning of this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine? Crazy. Disney Plus came out in February, didn't it? Yeah, mad thing. Damn. Uh, Spider-Man 3, filming delayed until winter 2021. And, okay. And um, Obi-Wan Disney Plus miniseries has an official start date, confirms Ewan McGregor. Oh, so it's not indefinitely on hold anymore. No, it's got a start date, apparently. Uh, what is that start date? I have no idea. But it's starting. Uh, everything that I see about this now is just more details about Hayden Christensen's possible return. Oh, early 2021. But it's the same thing. Uh, we could very well end up seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi series by the end of the year or at some point early in 2022. Good. Good. Excellent. 
Speaking of which, my last story for this week is all about Ray's parent parentage heritage in mm-hmm. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. So Daisy Ridley, this comes from IGN. Uh, Daisy Ridley has revealed that Ray was originally going to be the grandfather granddaughter of Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> That's a plot twist. <laughs> uh, Ray is somehow Obi-Wan's grandfather? Where did the time travel come into this? Did she go to the world beyond worlds and oh, like goodness. she somehow had a gender swap and then became his grandfather? What well, is this? So Kenobi was a granddaddy and then J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio only decided that she was a Palpatine while filming The Rise of Skywalker and I think it shows... It really yeah, shows. Literally, <sighs> literally, like that was like the one bit of that film which was like, this came completely out of. She nowhere. should have been. She should have been a Kenobi. It was led up right from her, like from the way she speaks to her clothing. Yeah, literally the first bit of casting and the first trailer when you hear her talking with a British accent, everyone's like, right, she's Kenobi. Look at the way she's dressed, straight up Kenobi. I mean, he talks to her and says, "Ray, these were your, these are your first steps." Uh, it makes it so it made so much more sense. And, and do you it, know what? As well, it was Abrams that set that up in the first place. I know, so why did he decide to change it? That's panic. Her, her parents could have still been like the same characters, only instead of running away from her own dad that was going to kill her, like just be like, oh yeah, Kenobi was my dad. We still had to give you up, though, to help save you. Yeah. Could have still been, could have still been there. They could have done the same things, only actually have a lineage make some sort of sense. Yeah, no good. In the bin with it. And then it would have, like, it might have been a bit easier to understand for a lot of people to think that she was, like, kind of a Skywalker because he was always a father figure to Anakin and all that, and then he was a father figure to Luke and Leia. I want the Kenobi cut. <laughs> Give me a Get Kenobi. it started. Hashtag release of the Kenobi cut. I was saying that's to, a mouthful. Um, that <laughs> one of our friends of the show, Matt Lunn from an Airful podcast, he'd messaged me about this and was like, "Dude, what do you think?" And I was like, "I wish, I wish we could sit here and say the Snyder cut gives space for something like this to happen, <laughs> but it's Disney and it will never ever happen." This is the other thing. All I keep seeing is just think piece articles. And it's there's no evidence and there's no realism to the story at all. And they're just like, and George Lucas is coming back to redo the sequel trilogy. He's going to get uh, most of the same cast back and he's going to redo it how he wanted to do it. I was like, <laughs> where is the evidence for this? Literally. It's just people wishing for it and writing it as if it's fact. I mean, Your fan fiction is not real fiction. I mean, wish it because we all really wish that it would happen. But, but wouldn't... It, yeah, but it's just it would just get battered and the reception would be awful. Like people would re- receive it the same way though, because the redoing something like when have you ever seen something other than the Snyder Court, when have you seen something get completely redone in such a short amount of time? But yeah. it would be a completely different film with the same character names but then and the same actors but a completely new story and everything. It just wouldn't make sense. No. Imagine little five year old who's just grown up with this trilogy. And Ray's her favourite character, like, she's the next generation of Star Wars fan, and then, like, some big, fat, burly old man who 
went to see the first Star Wars in the cinema was like, that's not Star Wars. This new Star Wars is Star Wars. Fuck everything that you've grown up with. That's shit. Right. I've complained, so now George Lucas is coming back to make my movie. Imagine telling that to, like, a five-year-old, like... <laughs> it's it's Brutal. never going to happen in a million no. years. No. But I do agree. She should have totally been a Kenobi. <laughs> she should have been a she Kenobi. She should have been. Right, uh, let's talk the Dune trailer. Is it is it Dune? Dune, June, or the June? The June. It's like tell you one music. thing. There's a big June fucking sandworm. <laughs> that was a fucking massive sandworm. Right. So whatever I thought I knew the story of June was from trying to remember that shite original film from when I was a kid with Sting being a prat. Like uh, this trailer just confused the hell out of me, but it looked amazing. Now, as someone who hasn't... Oh, sorry, that's my chair. Uh, as someone who doesn't really understand Dune at all, this trailer made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> See, I think because I was remembering the wrong things and the boring things about it, like, I was... Dune's always had a different thing, so when this came out and it said it was a completely different thing, I was like, uh, mm. uh, it, It's literally... It's not my fault. Uh, sorry, it's not Dune's fault. It's my fault just because my ten-year-old brain remembers things wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but but this seemed really cool. Yeah, visually, awesome. Yeah, it looks really woo. good. You can tell it's um, Dennis Villeneuve all over. Geneva New. I need to find out who's the cinematographer though. Um. Yeah, it's absolutely because... Blade Runner all oh. over. Uh, Blade oh. Runner 2049. It looks incredible. And also, like you got to see everybody's character in this. You got to see Oscar Isaac, Zendaya, obviously Timothy Chalamet, uh, Jason Momoa. You saw Dave Bautista's character in this. You saw Josh Brolin. You literally saw everything. Just yeah, everything out, all cards on the table. This is what Dune's going to be. It looks really good, man. It looks really good. And for someone um, who has no idea what to expect, I'm really excited for this. It see it made it seem a lot more action packed than I remember the previous one being. Uh, so yeah, Grieg. the cinematographer is a uh, Grieg. Grieg. Yeah, Grieg. Grieg Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hmm, how do I say his name? Guess what else he's doing at the moment? Uh, he did Rogue he's- One. Oh, he he's did. doing the Batman. He's doing the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it looks so good. Like, it looks so good. And Denise Yu has, like, a really distinctive, like, art style himself. Like, he works so closely with cinematographers, and you can feel his visual style just as much as he can the cinematographer's style in it. Yeah. So that's why, like, Blade Runner and, like, all his films sort of have, like, a similar sort of... To- as long as they're in the same genre they have the same tone yeah but he just has an eye for color and perspective and stuff like that which when he's paired with an amazing cinematographer it's it's just magical it really is yeah it's just got that such massive epic feel to it that blade runner had yeah i'm i'm stoked looks really good when is when is this out when does it come out uh, oh, December. It's 2021. Oh, December. This yeah, year? this December, yeah. 18th well, of December. You can tell apparently. I didn't pay much attention to the end of the thing. Yeah, December 18th. 
Very good. Is this? I typed uh, in 2021 and it came up. That's why I thought 2021. Is this going to... Am, am I right in saying that this was set up the more than one film or was this set up as one film? Is it going to have follow-ups? I'm... I th- I don't know. I think it depends on where the story ends up and how it does. Yeah. Um. I th- I think the original thing that was saying it was the doing one film with the hope to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think the waiting to see how it goes instead of. Do you remember when the Dark Tower came out a few years ago, twenty sixteen? I think it was. I do. Like, and I remember it wasn't very well received. So yeah, no, it wasn't. But I I haven't watched that, and I haven't read the novel series either. But I think there's like 15 books in that series. So they were like, okay, we're gonna do, we're gonna do the film, and it we're, we're gonna do at least like four films. And then the film came out, and they cast Matthew McConaughey and Eyeballs Elbows himself, Idris Elba, uh, and it just tanked. Apparently, it was dog shit mm-hmm. compared to the novel and all that. So. They just had to cancel everything and they had signed these guys into contracts, I think, for more than one film. So at that point, either the, it depends on who they signed the contract with. Either the studio just puts them in another film or they have to buy them out of that contract. So it can be very costly. So yeah. I think what they've done with this is that, like, we're doing, we're doing a film and if it's good, <laughs> we'll make Dunes or Dunes. <laughs> is it Dunes or Dunes? Will it make more sense than Tenet? Who knows? <laughs> we'll have well, to wait and see. I'm seeing a lot of articles here which is just there like, could this be the version we've been waiting for? People saying, like, it looks great. They're doing shot-by-shot comparisons of the original and, oh boy, it looks so much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it looks amazing. So, yeah, stoked, very excited, great cast, great-looking film. Give it to my eyes now, please. Yes. Anyway, I right. just double checked. It was Roger Deakins. I thought it was Roger Deakins did Blade Runner. Yeah, very who, good. Who did nineteen seventeen? So just amazing. But when when Denis Villeneuve gets his claws into something that can just be so epic, it's like oh, tasty. Mm. Speaking of an epic, a tale as old as time, a a legend become reality. Legends passed on from generation to generation. One of the most powerful stories to come from the east to the west. Mulan. Mulan. One Mulan. Mulan. Here we are. Um, Right. So I was thinking about this before we started recording. Uh, It doesn't really make sense to have like a spoiler line with Mulan. No, not really. There's so little change with the story. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, you say that. But um, yeah, it's essentially the same story there's nothing here really to spoil apart from if you've never seen mulan before in any <laughs> Which, of it at this point it came out 22 years ago yeah i mean the thing is mulan isn't like it's not like the lion king you know what i mean it's not as like i've must have only have seen it once where the lion king i'd watched repeat of. it's not like a little mermaid you know what i mean it's it kind of mulan in my family was like the one Disney film, that, uh, well, the one princess Disney film. She's not a princess, but you know what I mean. Like the female-led, like aimed towards girls Disney films that got played the most. Yeah, like, yeah. It was it was this and Beauty and the Beast, and like I know so many people who Mulan is their favorite Disney film. Yeah, and it so makes. I, total think, sense. I think it depends yeah. on who you talk to. Like, but I, I think it was one of the more more interesting ones out of like obviously all the princess films and stuff like that. It resonated with a lot more people. Mulan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, Mulan was a film that I think I've only ever watched once. So to be fair, it was quite nice going in fresh with it. Uh, without obviously going and revisiting the animated one before coming and watching this. It was almost like I got into the film a little bit fresh. I think at parts it felt like obviously it was an adapted story because obviously the story beats are very much the same. Mm -hmm. But obviously there's parts in the animated series and it's an older film, so the plot just moves the way it does. Does it stand up? to a live adaptation yes it's amazing the film's very very good but i don't know there were parts where it did feel like this is a clear adaptation of an older film but like i say visually it's a stunning film absolutely oh, vi- amazing. visually yeah. fantastic yeah i see I, I was talking to my missus about this earlier and i, I was like this might be a very short review because i can't find much to talk about it it was good and i i did really enjoy the film when i was watching it but it it didn't feel like it brought that much new stuff to the table, which it's a remake. It won't bring that many new things to the table. I think visually, like you said, it was stunning. Like the scale of it and everything was great. Um, I thought it had the pacing issues sometimes. Like some of the parts that should have been a bit more high impact kind of didn't reach that a little bit. Um, I thought this film was well short. I'm seeing now that it's an hour and 55 minutes. This film felt like it was like an hour long yeah, how, how long was the original animated one? Um, I'm not too sure. I've I've got it up here. It's an hour and twenty eight minutes, and somehow the two films feel the same length. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it did it did feel very very fast. It it felt very very quick. Like I think the point where uh, Mulan becomes Mulan instead of being you know instead of trying to hide herself away from the Imperial Army. I think yeah. after that point, it like moves at like a bit of a breakneck speed towards the end of the film. Yeah, to finish the film, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I think because in the in the original one, she spends a bit longer in exile. I think it was, or it just felt a bit longer. She had a few different character beats because the witch character in this was new for this version. It wasn't in the animated version. So when she has another interaction with the witch character, um. What was the witch's name? Zhang uh, Ying? Zhang Yang, I want to say. Mm. Um, well, I apologise. We're probably going to butcher a couple of these names. Um, it's not our native tongue, so it is kind of hard to wrap our tongue around sometimes. Mm. Um, but I thought like that was a really interesting new thing. I think that was the only really new thing. That and removing most of the romantic subplot. Um, yeah, and also removing Mushu the dragon. Yeah, so what what I was going to say is this is probably one of the better Disney live action reimaginings. Yeah, like there's been some duff ones. The Cinderella, uh, Cinderella one's good. Beauty and the Beast I did not like. Um, uh, well, which of ones have we had? I haven't seen the Lion King yet. Because uh, Lion King apparently that destroyed the Lion King, and the Lion King is my favorite Disney film, so I'm kind of hesitant to watch it. Well, I think we spoke about this. The problem with the Lion King adaptation is because there was no emotion in any of the animals' faces. Yeah, that was um, the big problem with the Lion King. We had then the exactly, Jungle. but Jungle Jungle Book was before that, and they had a bit more emotion in their faces. Like Baloo still felt like a good character. In oh it. yeah, the Jungle Book was was solid. Um, what other live action adaptations have we had? We've had the Melissa uh, Maleficent films, but they're not based off anything. We haven't had live action Tarzan yet. We got we had George of the Jungle when we were a kid. 
We have had a live action Tarzan. We have, but it wasn't Disney. Oh right, okay. Um, uh, that that was based off the original Tarzan serials, um, and the radio dramas and stuff like that, and the original black and white films. That was based off. That was a more darker film. What other adaptations um, have we had? Uh, let's try and go through them in order. We had Cinderella, then we went to uh, Into the Woods, which I don't think was... I think that was an adaptation of a stage performance. We had Maleficent, Beauty and the Beast, Maleficent 2's come out. Um, uh, we had Dumbo, Lady in the Tramp. I did not... I was not a fan of the Dumbo film. I didn't watch um, it. It... it Dumbo, as an animated film, was not enough to stretch out into a full two-hour feature length. Mm-hmm. And Tim Burton just sort of took that and then just added a sob story about a family over the top. And yeah. I don't know, it, it it was a weird world to look at and nothing quite was... It was a bit too... It's going to sound weird. It's, it was a bit too cartoony, but I don't mean like cartoony, cartoony. I mean like like nobody really acted like a real person in it and i think that's what i didn't sit right with me like the world just didn't feel believable in the slightest uh aladdin aladdin that's what i was trying to think of beauty i liked the aladdin beauty in live the beast action. uh yeah and aladdin proves that you can have a slightly more realistic like grounded version like as much as grounded as mulan was they took out a talking dragon but then they still just had phoenixes flying it everywhere yeah magic that felt a little bit <laughs> weird you could have literally have just had the dragon just have the dragon and don't have him talk yeah literally <laughs> that would have been um, enough i think it was just like, kind of people that's a bit that's a beloved character you know what i mean yeah mushu's great mushu's so funny in the in the original mm-hmm. um yeah, so Aladdin proves that you can also have the music in there as well, and it's not going to be like that was cheesy, but in a good way. Like, whereas the music in Mulan isn't cheesy; like, it's probably the most emotional music that we get in a Disney film, yeah. and every song has a purpose, and it it tells us more about the character. It's not just I'm singing what situation I'm in right now. It's yeah. it gave us more of an insight, like reflections and the uh, make a man out of you and stuff like that was such like an epic song and stuff like that. Maybe so I think they thing. could have included it, yeah. but I liked this new approach at the same time. I think it was a good film. I think the most to talk about it from it, though, is the visuals and the choreography of the film. I mean, like they, the they may be holding design. back, uh, just before we move on, uh, they may be holding back Mushu for a, a Mulan 2. Uh, <laughs> do we think Mulan 2 is going to happen live action, considering <laughs> this is sat on a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb? <laughs> Yeah. And it's definitely not going to make its money back now that it's releasing on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's reportedly in development at Walt Disney Studios. Mm, what is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out like once this launches in China and stuff like that. Anyway, um, visuals, cinema, cinematography, wicked. Very good. Oh, yeah. like The scope of this felt massive, and that's something that really came across in the trailers, which made me so excited for it, was to see this story told bigger and on a la- uh, big screen, because I didn't get to see the original Mulan on, on a film screen, but it's animated anyway. Like, this really gave scope to it, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it looked really good. And there was a lot of um, there was a lot of bits and bobs throughout this film where it really, really um, parallels some of the visuals you get from the 
original animated sh- uh, show, um, animated movie, because yeah. there's bits like where she looks at her reflection in the sword, which is iconic, and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of camera bits and stuff that's quite crazy, like the whole... There's lots of rotating cameras in this. Yeah. Lots and lots of rotating cameras. Whenever someone's doing a flip and that camera's just tied to them. Yeah, but I yeah, think the looks- choreography of this was cracking like so good i did think that the cgi was a bit hit and miss in this film considering it's disney considering we got the jungle book like at the very very beginning the thing that kind of stuck out to me was when she was on the horse and you could see those rabbits in the um in the grass with her yeah like yeah i noticed that like but i don't think it looked worse than the, the jungle book um, I think just because there's more of it in the jungle, but there's more characters that look like that, then it felt a bit more real. Yeah, I suppose Whereas it helps with the uncanny in this. Valley it, it a was a bit. stark contrast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I think it, I think it was because in the Jungle Book, there's no real animals in it, so they all kind of look the same. Whereas they were fake rabbits riding next to a real horse. Yeah, I mean, but compare that to the Lion King. Yeah, but again, that's. They're all looking the same, aren't they? Like, yeah, there's yeah. not real next to fake as much. I don't know. It 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 didn't bother me like the CGI as much. There was a there was a couple bits where I was like, okay, <laughs> like where like you said with the camera work with a few of the flips and stuff like that. I was like, that was a bit of yeah, that was it, a bit jarring. It was cool, but it was a bit jarring. Yeah, it felt like the whole toolkit of camera tricks was being used in this film a little bit, and that yeah. kind of for me detached a little bit from what i was watching a lot of the time like it almost became a bit distracting when i was trying to see what was going on in an action scene but yeah i think yeah. the action scenes were shot very close to what was happening they were very chaotic and i think that was so they, they didn't have to use as many stunt doubles i don't think because I, I know a lot of them did their own fight choreography in this mm. um but i think yeah they went for more of a close-up camera shot rather than like seeing a full battle but that's also because they were using blades and stuff like that and there was like tiny like snippets of like blood and stuff like this like or implied blood anyway whereas obviously it's a disney film they don't want to show that so they're trying to show the grittiness of a battle whereas they don't want to show the violent aftermath of it i don't think yeah it was also similarly like i was shocked i said i said this to my partner when we were watching it i said like we've had multiple like very close to nudity scenes in this and it's a disney film like yeah like yeah. obviously everything was like hidden and everything like that but the implication was there and it was very close to the bone like or close to the nips or <laughs> ass or whatever like like for the male and the female characters like <laughs> like i was like i was kind of shocked how close they got to it yeah yeah i know um, that for a, for a Disney film like any other film wouldn't have I wouldn't have noticed it at all but because it's it's Disney and I know how like so safe they are with everything that I was surprised that like this is a PG-13 for a Disney film mm. yeah it's not like a Disney film to be PG-13 no. I don't know whether that comes also off the back of a lot of the the action and violence and stuff in it yeah because there are a lot. Uh, of, what did yeah. you think of the casting as well in this? So because I thought... the casting it led to obviously such great stunts and stuff as well. Yeah, so I really enjoyed um, Lou Yafei, who's playing who plays Mulan. I thought she was brilliant. Um, I thought yep. the whole parts of her 
you know, from when you get her in the village with her family to then you get the um you get the whole bit where she's trying to hide her identity from the rest of the Imperial Force. I just thought like her character and her acting was just spot on all the way through. Yeah. I just thought she was just wicked. Um Donnie Yen was purely just Donnie Yen in this. It was just oh, Donnie Yenning all over the place and he got his uh, martial art prowess in there as well. Um, the the, th- the one bit of casting that really like shocked me because I didn't know he had been cast was Jet Li as the Emperor because the first time you see him, I'm like, he looks familiar, but I can't figure out who it is. And I'm staring at him for a while. And his voice was clearly overdubbed in it. I don't know if it was just... Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I got some real Luke Skywalker vibes from his acting in this. <laughs> just the way he was talking. It just felt like every every time it was like, it's time for the Jedi to end, just all the way through it. <laughs> Everything was a big statement, wasn't it? It wasn't like he just said a word. He was just like... Like, the, the dialogue was written. It's easy to write, but it's hard to say, you know what I mean? Yeah, but his Emperor was like, good. I've heard Jet Li speak and like, and I've heard him speak English, and that just did not sound like Jet Li to me. Um, no, no. But it also didn't look like him as well. Like, obviously, he's aging a lot now. Like, I don't think I've seen him in anything new since uh, the Mummy Three Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I think was the last yeah. thing that I saw him in. So yeah. that was what ten years ago plus now. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Obviously, he has aged a bit and everything like that, but then like with the costume and everything like that and with it not being his voice, I couldn't recognize it was Jet Li to begin with. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, we got to get Jet Li fighting at some point in this. And all he did was like a whipping with the ropes and stuff, which was cool. Like that's mm. a very Chinese way of like shooting action and stuff. Like there was a few bits where things were very floaty, which yeah. was, it's, it's cool because you never get that in Western films. That's very much a... You'll hear loads of like stunt coordinators talk about it and stuff like that. It's a very Eastern thing to do, and they love like the floaty, like kung fu action, sort of like um, Crouching Tiger, where they're floating on trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's cool to see. Even obviously, it's an Eastern story, but the influence of Eastern cinema on a Western production as well. Yeah, for sure. Like little things like that, you wouldn't see that if it was a fully Western produced film. You wouldn't have seen stuff like that. It would have been everyone would have waded like a sack of shit and like the combat would have been a bit slower but this had like the light the light fast-paced action of a chinese action film which yeah. i thought was really cool um i'll tell you who yeah, else i wanted I, to, I wanted to see jet lee fighting i wanted to see him fight yeah yeah i thought we may have got we got a cool emperor moment right at the end where he catches the arrow and then chucks it in the air and she kicks it and it was just yeah like, I, I was like as soon as he chucked it in the air i was like she's about to kick that shit back at him <laughs> and she did like a flip off the wall i was like okay that's cool how many things do we have to kick into people <laughs> i did think though that was one of the least interesting fights yeah. Was that last fight between them? Like that's what I mean. Like the pacing of it felt a little bit slow compared to some of the earlier fights. Like the one that she has in the training camp with the spears. I was like, that's a really cool fight. Yeah, it's like almost like you've got a time limit on the film, and you're yeah. editing it, and then you're like, oh shit, we're like we've we're at like the hour and a half mark, and we need to try and two and a half hour mark or whatever and we need to yeah. try and get the film wrapped up and it was like uh quick we're gonna kill the witch and then she's gonna go save the emperor and then the second the emperor's gonna help her kill him and then it's done it's like it just yeah. leads up to that and it's just meh i think that was the most that's kind of the worst part of the film 
but although I thought yeah. it was a good film, it's probably not something that I'd rewatch, but it's something that I enjoyed watching, definitely. I'll, I'll, tell you I'll who probably else I rewatch it in a couple of years. I'm not like itching to watch it again straight away. Yeah, I enjoyed um, her dad, uh, Zima, who is. Oh, he's fantastic in everything. He's just got such an emotive old man face. Hasn't yeah, he? he's in Arrival as well. I didn't realize he yeah. was in Arrival. But yeah, he was. I love uh, Arrival. He was really good. Really liked him. He's in The Farewell as well. The Farewell is on Amazon Prime in the UK now. I yeah. need to watch it. Now that it's available in the UK, I need to watch The Farewell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, if we want to talk about side characters as well then, um, so obviously in Mulan, she's got like the, the sidekicks almost. So you've got Ling, Po, and Yao. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also gave her a fourth one, which is called Cricket, where they replaced the Cricket sidekick. So it's in the original, she's got Mushu and she's got Cricket. So Cricket was an actual character in this, a human character. But yeah, yeah. Ling is played by Jimmy Wong as well, which Jimmy Wong, I like, I watched him throughout my teenage years on YouTube and stuff like that. He was in video game High School, the Rocket Jump production and stuff like that. And also he runs one of the biggest Magic the Gathering YouTube channels, The Command Zone. Oh right, and, cool. Yeah, uh, I remember watching that, and I was like, okay. And then he started; he disappeared for a couple episodes, and I was like, where is he? And then he just announced that he was in uh, New Zealand shooting Mulan. I was like, what? Yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> that's cool. I think all the casting was great in this. I don't think anybody put on a bad performance. No, I really don't. No, definitely not. I thought, like I said, I I agree. I thought it was pretty solid all the way through the film uh apart from the end like i said the end was a little bit meh but yeah no i liked i liked the final resolve after the fight though um so obviously like the big ceremony also did you catch who introduced her at the ceremony no so that was ming na wei and she was the voice of mulan in the animated film Oh, I did see this. So that, that was a really it. nice thing because I knew yeah. she had a cameo in it, and I was like, "It's got to be something good." If you bring him back the original Mulan, you've got uh, it's got to be something good. And then the way she introduced her as the hero at the end, I was like, "That was a really nice touch." Mm. I do need to touch on something that I saw from Mulan um, that unfortunately is a bit of a meh thing that. You know, not to tarnish the film itself. The film's amazing. I think I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> Have you read about the credits? What it, what the Disney special thanks gave thanks to in the credits? Oh no, I didn't see that. I'm, I'm thinking of something else, a bit of controversy that happened a while ago. Okay, so a couple of people spoke out on Twitter, and this is the rap where I've got this from. So basically, the live-action Mulan thanks the Turpin Public Security Bureau in southern Xinjiang, uh, Xinjiang, in the credits. Um, okay. This, um, this. Uh, I just need to make sure I've got my facts right here. So the Turpin Public Security Bureau um, is deeply involved with the Xinjiang uh, concentration camps which basically links to Oof. the um, yoga p- repression, which is um, a particular minority, like an ethnic minority, um, who mostly pra- practice Islam uh, over in that side of the world. And apparently they shot on an area very, very, very close to these camps. Are these um, almost like... Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for, where you try to... Um, it, it's dark, man, anyway. what From what I've seen and what I read, just to try and understand a little bit more, it's a real, real dark thing. Yeah, and, I understand where the, where the issue is coming from. Yeah, with and basically Disney gave a special thanks for being able to film near there because they had to get yeah. their permission to do it. And I think a lot, few people were not very happy that they decided to put the special thanks in the credits. Um, yeah. You know, I mean... They've done it for the location, and I guess, yeah, they could have found somewhere better or they could have not put it in the credits. Yeah. But I just with, felt like we... Yeah, involving themselves with people like that. I felt like we just had to at least recognise that, that Disney faced a little bit of scrutiny for that, especially considering what it involved. But like I said, I yeah. don't want that to tarnish the film because the film was made by people who would just want it to make a really good film. And that's yeah. what we got, and not to tarnish the actors because obviously they didn't get a choice in where it was being filmed. But obviously, there's someone a little bit higher up who hasn't done the research that they needed to do. Yeah. Um, what I thought you were going to talk about was there has been a lot of things about boycotting the film. Um, uh, it started when it was still in production because I believe it was the lead actress Yuffie Lu. Um, if I'm pronouncing that right, I hope I am. Uh, I believe a while ago she tweeted out in support of um, Lou Yufei, uh, I think. Or mm, Yufei Lou. Yeah, Yufei Lou, yeah. Yeah, I said it the wrong way around earlier then. <laughs> um, uh, well, well, that's... Uh, yeah, it depends on how you're saying it or how you're addressing them uh, as to which name you put first, so it... I'm not entirely sure on which way round. I'm I'm reading it off how it is on IMDb. Um, she tweeted out something in support of police in Hong Kong, and obviously this was during like all the protests and stuff like that. So people were seeing that as a tweet um, opposing the protesters and stuff like that. So there was a whole thing going on with that. So a lot of people are trying to boycott it for that reason, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have no context of why she was tweeting about um, the police forces and all this stuff, and she's never tweeted out in opposition to the protests or anything. So mm. uh, that's a whole issue that people can dive into if they want to dive into it. But I think also boycotting such an important film like this for so many people, like you don't often see full Asian casts on a Western screen in a production like this with. Uh, like huge female production um huge percentage of the production team being female and the writers directors producers and stuff like that so i think tarnishing this film because of one tweet that seems to be out of context just seems ridiculous like this is a the type of film you need to support in the industry yeah definitely um and then there's a lot of people like going against it because of one tweet which they probably haven't looked into properly I mean, if Twitter was around with the original uh, releases, there probably would have been a fair bit of controversy somewhere along the lines, you know? Yeah. Social media um, ruins everything. There you go. Yeah. Well, I, I think, all in all, this was a, it was a solid film. I just don't think there's that much to talk about. Like, we're not going to deep dive into the story because it's, it's Mulan, you know what the story is. Yeah. I think it's more like the set design, like, the costuming especially, like the look of all the armor, like they had to make hundreds and hundreds of sets of armor and um, 
prop weapons and everything like this and everything is meticulous like the detail and everything is gorgeous and it feels of the time obviously i'm not i'm not like a massive like armored like i don't know it all the ins and outs of fugal china's armor and all that sort of stuff but it looked pretty good to me it looked pretty spot on from what i've seen yeah. in museums and stuff like that like yeah, yeah. i do have an interest in that sort of thing but i couldn't tell you what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. what what i did notice is certain like fighting styles which i know they had um like martial artists and stuff like that consult on the animated film so the the fight choreography in the animated film looks amazing but even in this you could tell there was definitely techniques in there which i've seen from like uh, eastern swordsmen and stuff like that breaking down from other films and stuff like that which are spot on like blocking the sword with the palm of the hand and everything like that and certain movements like Mm -hmm. they were spot on and like little details like that i was like they've really they've really got the right people to choreograph this film and produce the film and set design everything yeah it's great Defo. I'm also seeing a statement from Disney CFO saying that it was because of a lot of people's thoughts towards cinemas and the coronavirus and stuff like that. They still wanted to put this film out and with a lot of people, as we've said a few times, uh, wanting this film to still come out when it was coming out and people were willing to pay money to see it on a streaming service and stuff like that. He said that was what led their decision to eventually pull it from um a cinema release so they kept pushing it back didn't they i think it got moved to november in the end and then obviously it's come out in september because they thought we'll put it out on disney plus because there seems to be enough people willing to pay for it on disney plus so yeah that shows you that that people are listening to people in during the coronavirus pandemic and stuff like that people are being listened to with how they want to consume media and stuff yeah very good uh i think that wraps it up mate i think it does think it does um make sure you check us out follow us on social media at get real pod uh, that's across facebook instagram and twitter and if you're old school and want to send us an email right into the show it's get at gmail.com and we will read out every single email we get that isn't <laughs> a spam email or trying to sell us gold from our nigerian prince long lost cousin that we didn't know we had anyway (laughs) one email i will not read out read out but i will tell you about the email that we got we are i think the last place we got to was 102nd in the in india for film and tv podcasts we're nearly in the top 100 podcasts in india that's crazy that is mental thank you to all our uh, all of our indian listeners you're amazing we had israel and now we've got india we are we are nailing off that audience, like that region of the world. Like, just hit us up if you want us to come down for a podcast convention in <laughs> India or something. You know, just just go down for the podcast. <laughs> you know, why not? Just just hit just us up. You know, we appreciate the support. Share us to more friends so that we can get into the top one hundred in both these countries. Yeah, and just uh, give us give our socials a share. Just support the show. Uh, speaking of that, Chris, how else can people support us? You can support us. The best way, the best way to get us recognised is to leave us a good rate and review and share with all your friends. Uh, Sam, what is the pod network that sends you review to every other network that it I keep forgetting? It is Pod, pod Chaser. Chaser. See, I remembered it that time. Pod Chaser. If you leave us a rate and review on pod chaser then it syndicates it to all of our other networks go on to apple Podcasts, go on to spotify and follow us stuff like that 
Best thing you can do, though, the absolute best thing is just share us with a friend. Share us with at least one friend this week, and you'll just see us grow so much. The more we grow, the more content we can bring you and the more exciting things we can do for you. If if you share us quickly and we build quicker, then the quicker we can do video stuff that we keep teasing. Just saying. <laughs> It's, it's, it's gonna you guys happen. can make that happen you guys i'm pointing at the microphone because there's no camera or person in front of me to point at you you can make this happen you bloody ak you audio one, tech one listener <laughs> you can make you, it happen. You, you one listener right now share us with two friends okay and that's us uh, i think next week we're gonna chat a little bit about the boys season two yeah, we'll have four episodes. Yeah, or depending ch- on when we record it, five episodes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll like record other ideas. There's a couple of you know what, Chris? We're actually not that bloody far away from Wonder Woman eighty four. We're not that bloody One, far two, away. Three, there's there's also been some interesting films as well uh, coming out, like Charlie Kaufman's. I'm thinking about ending things and stuff like that. So mm. maybe we just do maybe maybe a roundup of some of the stuff that's come out on Netflix and Amazon over the. Last yeah. couple of weeks, I've got a f- we've we had a f- fun idea about talking about some of the best and worst hero adaptations as well. I think that'd be a we do indeed fun episode to chat through, and then we could maybe do villains or something as well. Ooh, Ooh. okay, very okay, good. So we save all our heroes and then we do all our villains. And- yeah, yeah. I wonder anyway. which ones everyone's going to say is the best adaptation of a villain. Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. It's definitely not going to be another two hours of us talking about Heath Ledger. <laughs> I wonder who everyone's going to say is the best adaptation of Batman right now, maybe without seeing the film, maybe it could be, could not be Robert Pattinson, who knows, he's set up for a very good Batman. Anyway, thank you very, 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 very much for for listening. Uh, Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now.